welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, prayer, and doubting every thought. If you're looking for peace in life and want to know what God really is about, you've come to the right spot. I wish you well, and let's get this episode started. Well, welcome everyone to the Doubt Every Thought podcast. This is Jacob again. This time we have been graced with the presence of Chris. So Chris is willing to come on and talk about um, doubting every thought, talking about his own experience waking up. In reality, we're just going to talk shop, hang out, and really show you what two guys who are waiting and seeing what's actually going to happen. So without further ado, Chris, how are things going, man? I, I've been doing great, man. Yeah. Um, I know I we've, uh, we've just been chatting for a little bit, and literally, uh, I, was, I, I just realized how we should just be recording the whole time. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Oh, man. But um, yeah, I I just woke up and what I do every day as I always do um the I always meditate and I always do the silent prayer. Um, there are times where I just don't know what to pray for, and there's a verse in the Bible that says that you have to let the Holy Spirit intercede for you when you don't know what to pray for. So as a result, you know I've been doing the silent prayer and. I, I have a lot more peace now the past five months. We're running on five months with this whole quarantine thing. Yeah. And I've had instances where I'm just like, God, what what is going on? Like, help me understand you. Like, help me understand what's going on. And one thing I notice is, like, prayer is observing your thoughts and what's exactly. going on in this world. You know, what I was wondering, so, I mean, when I talk on the podcast, like, the past few episodes... The one thing, you know, you are supposed to forgive your parents and then God yes. will forgive you, in particular your mother. Um, the other one is doubting every thought because it's just Satan talking to you, which sounds ridiculous to me, um, but I still do that. I just doubt every thought. Um, but what you're talking about there is basically the silent, it's called silent prayer. Really, it's kind of like an observational, like meditation in a way. And what I find interesting is that other people I talk to who are more, who have a more like Christian upbringing, um, they talk about how maybe before they found those three kind of steps to wake up, that they actually talked out loud or they talked like, like you knew what you wanted. Um, like, you know, God, give me peace, give me wisdom. Some people pray for stuff. And I was kind of wondering just from your experience, like you were just saying, you know, when you do that meditation, silent prayer, whatever you call it, it sounds like um, you would initially um, actually pray for something. Is is that kind of how you usually approach it? Or is it just like a hit or miss every day? Like, how do you, how do you kind of do that silent prayer? So, well, growing up, I would always pray for stuff. Like, I pray for, pray for money, pray for good grades, yeah. pray for a house when I grow up, pray for a wife and kids. And as I got older and I started wanting to want more of him and grow in my faith, I noticed that there's, yeah, those stuff will come as a result, but you must pursue God first. You must pursue the kingdom first. You know, it says in, I forgot which verse it was again, but um, I think you said it was like Romans, right? Yeah, Romans. And it said, um, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else shall be added onto you. Uh, okay, yeah. So, you know, so whatever whatever money 
that you've been wanting, whatever job you've been wanting, career, business, whatever, they will come. So long as you are at peace with the kingdom of God, you are stepping in the steps that God is following, um, fulfilling his purpose for your life. And yeah. once you submit to God, like you're going to realize there are some things that you previously wanted, you don't want it anymore. There's going to be some things that you thought you would have never wanted, and all of a sudden you want it because I want to submit to the kingdom and I want to have my steps ordered by God. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I, I just looked it up. I think it says, was it Matthew? Like, do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, yep. what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And this is a long verse. I was about to read it out loud, but then I realized halfway through, uh, that might take me a half hour. <laughs> but it's okay. it has at the very bottom, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Um, do not worry about tomorrow and all that. And I'm totally noticing that as well. Um, I think about two podcasts ago, I talked about Solomon, uh, how when I think God came to Solomon, he was basically saying, hey, man, what do you want? And instead of asking for stuff or for power, Solomon asked for discernment and basically steadfastness, his ability to discern between what is right and what is wrong. And because of that, God was like, you know, that's great. You get a buy one, get seven deal where you ask for discernment and I'll give you everything else, which is wealth, power, family, um, all that type of stuff. So I totally, I totally relate to you when it comes to these types of things. And, you know, it's, it's been one of those experiences, you know, kind of going back to me waking up, it's been, what, eight months or so since actually asking, going to my parents and forgiving them and then God forgiving me. And since then, it's been kind of mind-blowing. Um, but it sounds like, Chris, you've had a, an experience where, you know, you were actually raised in a church of some sort. Is, is that like an accurate assumption? What's kind of your background with all the religious stuff in your life? Yeah, I definitely had a christian upbringing and i still do yeah um, growing up i you know i went to sunday school my i went to church every sunday you know i got i got baptized had a youth group family went to youth group all that stuff played at church oh, i did wow. all the all the christian youth stuff that people do and there's nothing wrong with that you know but as i got older in my faith i realized you know we're doing all these religious things and sometimes we don't know why we're doing them is it because we yep. just want to go to heaven is it just we want to why do we want why are there all these rules like you don't even know why you're following the rules and as i wanted to grow further in my faith i realized it's not just following rules we should have an actual relationship with god and not worry about this whole um oh we got to follow this rules because it said so like yeah. once you're actually <laughs> transformed by right. the renewing of your mind you're going to want to become like God. You're going to want to become like Jesus. You're going to want right. to have the Holy Spirit work within you. So when when you do that, you are going to have peace. And, you know, by having peace, like, you know, you'll be able to have more love. You will have no anger and you'll be able to forget. That's kind of been mind blowing on my side. Chris, where I'm sure you'll be able to tell like when you went to your parents and forgave them and all yep. that jazz. Yep. I went to church a few times. I prayed out loud and it felt ridiculous. 
Um, I was just, I felt like I was talking to myself like I was a psychopath, literally thinking that, you know, I, I didn't feel like there was a connection. Um, and all my life, it's been kind of a seeking journey, you know, always trying to figure out where the father is because I didn't have a strong father. Yeah. Um, but then when I literally just went to my parents and forgave them for make, making me resent them, like all of a sudden this whole gateway opened up for me, which is hard to explain to somebody who hasn't like wake, woken up. But since then, I haven't experienced anger. You know, I've experienced energy, but the anger is, I mean, maybe from time to time, but it's been less and less and less and less to the point where it's amazing to see where I was in January to where I am now. And I was wondering from your experience, is it something similar, you know, up to um, before you forgave your parents, you know, before you were a son of God, quote unquote. And then after that, did you actually notice like all of a sudden you weren't believing your thoughts anymore and you weren't being perturbed? Like, is that kind of your experience or was it kind of different? Like where you see like a night and day thing or has it always been just something you've grown with? Definitely something that I've grown with. Um, Like growing up, I always thought that forgiving was for the other person. But in reality, forgiveness is for you. It it is not simply just for the other person also. Because if you choose not to forgive, that means you have anger Mm. in you. And as a result, if you have anger, that's going to stick with you going forward. And, And that's on you. That's not the person who hurt you because... If you really wanted to let go of that anger, you would forgive. And when Jesus died on the cross, you know, he did that to forgive all of our sins, right? And by not forgiving, you're basically acknowledging what Jesus did on the cross was not good enough. So that's why once I learned about forgiving, um, forgiveness comes a long way because you will get peace and ultimately peace is the most important thing that you could have in this world that's that's really interesting you say that because today i was talking about like forgiveness um was the topic and what i was really bringing up and what i was talking through is how most of my life forgiveness was that um i did something to my parents so i go to my mom and dad and say please forgive me mother and father for like having anger. Um, but now what I learned from kind of like what JLP and what I think what you're talking about too is that it's the inverted, it's inverted on how forgiveness actually works where yep. you go to them and say, particularly for your parents, you say, I forgive you for making me resent you, which kind of blew my mind on how forgiveness works that way. It's, it's like there's three versions. There's one where I go to Chris and I say, please forgive me for being X, Y, Z. The second version is um, I'm waiting for you to ask for forgiveness, which is kind of satanic in a way, like a power power structure. And then the third way, which is the way that I think people need to be doing, um, well, not doing, but they can choose to do, is to um, basically go there and say, I forgive you for doing this to me type thing. Yep. You don't You don't need them to do that. And I found that so amazing that, I just keep on talking about it. Um, and I'm not sure if that's been mind blowing to you or if that's something um, that you've always known. Yeah. Um, if I'm being honest, like, you know, I, I've been really, I've been learning more about forgiveness more so like the past two or three years. So um, nothing much has been mind blowing since then. 
you know yeah it's just from time to time i'm just like whenever someone has wronged me just forgive and at the end of the day i just want peace yeah peace is that's a it's a good transition that's what i was kind of wondering so it sounds like for a few years now when when did you go to your parents and tell them that you forgive them um probably like around the same time two years ago two years ago wow yeah my mom you know whenever i would talk to her she would always say you know like just forgive me forgive me for every time for every time i have you have um resented me really and okay yeah for forgive me for all the times i've shouted at you you know like i'm very emotional please understand that but um and as a result i was very empathetic towards her and i i forgave her and it was very liberating wow that's an amazing thing like your mother actually noticed because the thing that i think a lot of people when you're first coming to this is there's really the perfect person and then there's the sin within them you know you're born into sin and so you, it sounds like your mother was yeah. aware of that when she yeah. um when she told you that wow that makes it pretty easy when you went to, not the, not to compare but i've heard some uh some funny stories about forgiving mothers and uh it's like a nuclear weapon got dropped so it's very oh you have a very yeah, different yeah. experience with it <laughs> yeah it's definitely different like whenever my mom when my mom said like oh i'm you know i'm you got to understand moms like we're we're more emotional than normal like something like she had she went to like a science debate about hormones and stuff but yeah. you know at the end of the day i just wanted to have peace and give her peace as well and look she's not she's not a horrible person like she was she's a great mom like i love her so i love her to death and my dad as well no woman's so. good i'm kidding <laughs> that's a just a reference no man for people good either yeah <laughs> just a reference from uh jesse lee peterson no man is good you know but no that's good to hear that's good to hear i love i yeah, love hearing I like, about that story so with your mom it sounded like it's quite liberating and then with your father how was the experience forgiving him yeah i forgave him also like he would always apologize to me whenever i would um whenever he would like you know shout out me or any kind of disagreement that comes about and like always, like I wanted to forgive him, and I I think one thing I've noticed is um I've I've had to forgive my mom more than my dad. Like my dad has been, he's interesting. He's, he gets like angry less than my mom does. Interesting, interesting. Have so have you told them to go forgive their own parents, or has it been just kind of uh, one day at a time for you? My grandparents are they passed away recently on my dad's side and my grandma is she still lives with us and she's she's forgiven her grandma as well. she's forgiven my grandma as well so you know they have they have a really good relationship for sure interesting um yeah interesting interesting man i mean it's the whole what i find interesting about this whole topic is most of at least my life and maybe you can agree with this or maybe not but most of my life there was this schism between spirituality and reality you know mm. in spirituality it's like every sunday and you know the moments when you want to use god in conversation and that was it and then you had the rest of life where you it seemed like a godless place where you just work you study do homework play games 
And what I'm finding now is that that isn't how life really is. Life is actually combined as one thing. And so, you know, when it comes to the whole forgiveness aspect, when it comes to doubting every thought, it's such a pervasive conversation, meaning it can it can go anywhere in the conversation, like where your thoughts are, how's forgiveness worked, have you forgiven your parents? It's such an, there's so many questions I could be asking that for some reason I just, I just can't stop talking about it. And that, that's just why I'm doing the whole podcast and hearing about people who have already been awake before me, which, I mean, you've been, you've been on the path, what, for two, well, your whole life and then two years now, you know, what I was kind of wondering the before forgiveness and after forgiveness, Chris, like, did you have a noticeable difference in who you were? Like something that kind of amazed you that maybe people who are listening would be like, oh, that sounds awesome. I would love to go from being this type of person to this type of person. You know, is, is there something that's kind of changed in you that you've noticed or is it kind of just peace? I think for me, it, it, it it's peace. Um, and then the forgiveness just came after that. You know, one thing, one thing I noticed about my mindset shift like two, three years ago, it like forgiveness was definitely one part of that. Peace was also um, another part of that. But it's also just you know growing up in general. Like you know, there's a lot of you know you you may agree with this, but you know modern society nowadays, like all they care about is you know a lot of worldly stuff like. What, yep. what kind of business do I want to run? Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but people are super obsessed with it. Like, how much money I'm going to make? Um, what kind of concert am I going to this weekend? Yeah. Like, all, all these hedon, all these hedonistic activities. And they're okay, like, in balance, but, like, the people that I'm around, they totally just obsessed with that all the time. You know, there are a lot more important things in life to focus on. And once I flip the switch on that, that's when I realized, like, I was able to get more peace. I was able to have better emotional intelligence for, for other, with other people. I was able to have better relationships with other people. Um, I knew what, what I wanted in life was much more important than all these hedonistic things that we're chasing. I know exactly what you mean. Like, I chased them, but I didn't really know why. You know, I was yep. going after it. And then when I would make more money, I would spend more money. And then I would think I'm something, I believe my thoughts. I would still have anger or the, it wasn't really anger, it was just resentment and guilt, which is all, all stems from that, uh, that anger or hatred concept. And for me, since forgiving my parents and doubting every thought and doing the silent prayer every morning and night, life, the, the saying that is, um, what is it from this world, but not of this world. Um, that totally applies now because anything that happens to me, whether good or bad, I don't really care. I mean, I kind of, I'm watching it happen. I'm letting it unfold, but it's not really me doing anything anymore. It's really just kind of God acting through me. And it's this counterintuitive somewhat when I say that creepy vibe, right? That I'm possessed by God in a positive way. Um, versus being possessed by satan in a i'm a god i'm my own god type thing and doing my own hedonistic yeah. activities um yeah. you know it's that's what i find so amazing let's see got a bunch of other questions but let's take a short break 
and then I'll put in some music, which we can hear right now, and then uh, so we'll be right back. I want you to ask a very simple question to yourself, and it's this. Do you have peace in your life? And if that's something you don't have, then, hey, the Doubt Every Thought podcast has three simple steps to bring it to you. You know, the first step here is to go to your parents and to forgive them. And you may ask, okay, what am I forgiving my parents for? Well, were they perfect? And the answer probably is no. You know, nobody's perfect. But we don't care about nobody. We care about your parents. So you're going to go to them and forgive them for making you resent them. Sounds counterintuitive, but it's really how it works. You go to your parents and forgive, and God will forgive you. That's been my experience. The second step is to do something every morning and every night, and it is called the silent prayer. You know, some people have equated it to meditation, but it's really not that. What you're doing is you're observing your thoughts. And Roy Masters has some great tutorial videos to teach you the basics. Just go online and find him. Another great resource is uh, Jesse Lee Peterson. He has something called the silent prayer dot video. The whole idea is that you sit there and know thyself. You really get to know who you are. And you take every thought and put it into captivity by observing it. And of course, the last step, hence the name of the podcast, is Doubt Every Thought. Because buddy, those thoughts definitely ain't you. They're coming from a source. They make you feel good. They make you feel bad, make you feel right and wrong. And you will begin to realize that as you doubt every thought, you will become more and more in the light and more and more peaceful. So again, if you're looking for peace in your life and you're looking for a simple way to do it, I would highly recommend these three steps. And I can't wait to talk about it more with you, with others, and just really bring you out of the darkness and into the light. So again, welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, and I wish you well. Can't wait to talk to you more. back with the Doubt Every Thought podcast, part two of the interview with one of my buddies, Chris, who is also a fellow son of God. Um, previously, we were talking about forgiveness, what it meant, kind of related to the other parts in the podcast we talked about. And I kind of wanted to transition into maybe a different topic. Um, I, I told Chris in the break, we might cover the actual podcast name, right? Doubt Every Thought. And just to kind of set you up, Chris, so you can hit a home run or do a bunt, really however you want to hit this one. Um, you know, whenever I think about the three things, which is what forgiveness, forgive your parents and God forgives you. It's pretty awesome. Doing the morning and night prayer, meditation, observation. Um, that's a great thing. But what blows my mind um, every day, I mean, quite literally, because it's about your thoughts, is that really every thought to me, is a lie, and it's coming from someplace that isn't me. And for most of my life, I would say before I resented my parents, which was I think in fourth or fifth grade, um, I was a very thoughtless kid. I didn't have any thoughts. I wasn't thinking about the future. I wasn't thinking about the past. And I think when I resented my parents for making me study on the weekends, I remember this particularly, I remember saying, in my mind that I hate my mother. And then I began to think, 
And I think that's actually when I began to believe my thoughts and I thought I was right. I thought I knew what I was doing. And it took over 15 or 18 years, you know, back to January to forgive my parents and all of a sudden realize all the thoughts in my head are complete lies. And it just blows my mind. So, you know, I'm kind of hitting a lot of different topics there, but I wasn't sure, Chris, if like how you see thoughts, if you've always believed them, if you haven't believed them, where you are with them now, just kind of for anyone who's listening, kind of who thinks I'm nuts or who thinks that we're crazy, it's just giving some context to really help people understand uh, what thoughts are from your experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I have positive thoughts and I have negative thoughts. And, you know, when it comes to doubting every thought, like we, I always want to doubt every um, every negative thought that enters my head, and whether I'm in a social situation and I think negatively about how people are gonna treat me like because i you know a lot of a lot of things before before i had peace you know i had a lot of anxiety in social situations but when i really started to right you know have peace um doubt thoughts um i realized those negative thoughts don't happen like they don't come true like people give me respect like people are nice to me like i i would never i would have never thought that I wish that I had all these positive thoughts going forward. And obviously, there, if you have certain, um, if you have certain backs or certain facts to back up certain thoughts, I, I guess that's okay. But you know, those are facts. You know that, and then you got to right. do everything in your end to adjust that going forward, and and you're fine. But you know, if you have, I guess when we, when I think of the word thoughts, it's like a guess or a hypothesis that is unwarranted sometimes i see what you mean i see what you mean because like i know and here's a i'm gonna bounce this idea off you on how i see them like i actually perceive for me it's all thoughts including good ones and the reason why i think that reason why i think that (laughs) the reason why (laughs) i yeah i know it's funny how our language um is really oriented to make us think but the reason why i kind of go down that road is um, because you kind of see thoughts as like a crazy ex-girlfriend where just, or ex-boyfriend, you know, if you're a girl, um, and the way to think about it or the way to perceive this is, you know, an ex-girlfriend to come back into your life, who's a psycho will act all friendly. You know, she'll, she'll be very friendly. She'll know how to bake the cake for the guys. He'll know how to take you out to wine and dine you to get you to trust them. And then once you trust all those good thoughts, that's when it'll invert and then go down those crazy, crazy negative thoughts or they'll slowly start to suggest that you shouldn't, um, you know, whatever whatever the thoughts are trying to tell you to do. What's interesting is now that I even doubt the positive thoughts and negative thoughts, I'm sitting in a space where it's almost unbelievable at how, I don't know, quiet or peaceful things are because all thoughts are trying to mislead me, even the good ones. And so that's how I kind of see it now where you know, whether it was a negative thought or positive thought, if it came from above my shoulders, it's like I've decapitated myself and I no longer agree with any of them. And it's an interesting perspective. I'm not sure if if you've seen it from that perspective, but it definitely sounds like you're understanding how um, even the negative thoughts that you've gone through, they 99% or 90% don't come true. You know, even even ones that you think are going to come true don't come true, whether it's about career, money, finances 
and also sometimes they're abstract things like being a failure right it's just like oh you suck compared to xyz yeah 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 one thing now you, you make a good point about the whole sometimes or about like don't believe your positive thoughts um yeah that that was a good point you made like i think there's certain times where in at least what i've noticed is there are some false positive thoughts because i do think we live in a culture of you know toxic positivity and so many positive quotes that you read on social media and as a result you get into those emotions yeah and your your emotions will be your downfall so you know it's okay to have some emotions but you can't let those emotions that you experience like influence your decisions especially in particularly life-changing decisions yeah. So, you know, it's very, I guess it goes back down. We were talking earlier about discernment. you got to regulate every single thought that comes into your head. And in this era of social media and all this information coming in, eventually, at one point, I'm sure you've experienced this, you're going to consume so much information that you're going to realize some of this information contradicts each other. Oh, yeah. And as as a result, you're going to, as a result, like you're going to lose your mind. You're, you're not going to be mindful at all. And so you need to, once you read any kind of content, you got to regulate this. Is this, is this the godly thought or is this from Satan or, 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 or not, or what? Right. So, right. I know what you that, mean. That's, that's what I've been trying to figure out the past year or so. Like regulate every single piece of thought or information that I put in my head. And if it's not a godly thought, put it away yeah and that's how i see it too except i take it so far that um i don't think i have any godly thoughts so i take away nothing <laughs> so <laughs> i literally become this i guess it's called like an empty vessel but it's gotten to the point where i'm sitting around just waiting for things to happen and just to clarify for people who are listening i mean it doesn't mean you're not going to go work out you're not going to hang out with yeah. friends you're not going to go on dates or just hang out with girls, whatever it is. It doesn't mean you sit at home and just wait for the... Wait to uh, die. Yeah, wait to die. <laughs> and go to heaven. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. Not right now. It's after I die that matters. That's why you should give me all your money. Exactly. Exactly right. Oh, man. It's it's always about the money somewhere. Like whenever the preacher talks about tithings, you got to smell them out. <laughs> oh, man. It, yeah, I, I, I'm very disappointed by some of these pastors especially during this whole pandemic, you know, a, a lot of these people have lost their jobs. And, and as a result, all these pastors are asking people for their money and under the guise of, Oh, you know, you got a tire that says it's all in the Bible. Yep. And, but in reality, if you have nothing to give, you need to take care of your house first. That's in the Bible too. Um, it, it, it says, so um, funny. if you, yeah. if you don't take care of your house, you're worse than an unbeliever. So take care of your house first. And then if you have extra money lying around, okay, tithe it, give it to the church, give it to God, like, thank God that that is your form of worship. That's fine. But you cannot prioritize tithing over taking care of your house. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting to even realize too, it's just like, I've heard if you had perfect parents, you wouldn't need to go to church because your parents were the version of knowing what the father wants, right? Because... Perfect yep. parents, perfect father, God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, woman over children. Like, when you have that, then 
you don't need to go to church, don't have to worry about tithings. And for for me, it just seems like most churches these days have turned into 5013C tax haven structures just to yep. avoid paying taxes. You know, like if you look at somebody, you know, somebody who um, paid into a church for 30 or 40 years, 10%, and then they died during the pandemic, uh, the church is under the guise of a pandemic. Um, they claim that they can't do the service or they can't do their um, funeral. And so they do it online. I mean, to me, that's not a very godly thing to do. If you, if you think like back in the olden days, like you had uh, everybody dropping like flies, but you still showed up for church, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and they were ballers, you know, they, they're real men versus these weird people wearing black robes. I mean, I've heard, uh, I've heard a few funny jokes. This might be sidetracked. I heard a joke that said, uh, you know, um, when I when you die, you go up to see to heaven, and God's just like, "Why did you go to church?" And you're just like, "Well, that's what I was supposed to do." And He's just like, "Well, dude, I put him in black robes. Like, what else are you expecting? <laughs> Only creepy people wear black robes." Oh, <laughs> I love that joke so much. Like, it it delegitimizes like how serious I used to take the the pastor. You know, being someone that you know apparently had a close line to God when in reality God's within all of us. You know, it's it's not this thing where it's a chain of command from God. It's just the chain of command is literally God, Jesus, man, woman, child. It's not like yeah. God, Jesus, po- Pope, Deacon, whatever, priest, and then you. Reverend. Reverend. Bishop. <laughs> yeah, if you notice, Rook, like he, yeah. he, his name is uh, Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson, but like, he just says, hey, just call me Jesse. Just like, call me Jesse. Like and you, you don't have to be extra with the whole reverend. It's a good point. And one of the other things we can talk about too is I like um, this idea of the signpost versus the way. Uh, a lot of people will see a preacher or a person as the way to salvation when in reality the way you should see a preacher or a fellow man, kind of like me or you or um, Roy Masters, who was the predecessor to Jesse, um, we should really see them as signposts. You know, people who are like, hey, here's how you get back to God. It's that way, you know, and they point you in the path and they say, look within. And I find that that's really what God is about versus I think what most churches talk about where you're just worshiping the pastor, you know, that's why you're giving him so much money and all this crazy stuff. Um, That's been my experience. I'm not sure what your experience has been with, you know, pastors and pointing the way and signposts, but it'd be good to know what you think about that. Yeah. I I know there's a lot of people that, they they just love the pastor sermons and it, it's okay to like the pastor sermons i mean we we like what jesse preaches you know we like his show and all that oh yeah you you, you can't worship the pastor there, there are a lot of people that they they go on and on about the pastor but they don't go on and on about god at the end of the day that that is you know who who is who created us it wasn't the pastor right so you know, there's all these people giving their life savings. Like, if, if you follow the televangelism in the 80s, 90s, a lot of these pastors made bank. You know, they were able to buy all these private jets and yeah. go to all these places. And guess what? They're they're paying these tax free. They yeah. use it as a tax route because they're you know they're those 501c3 yep. um, organizations that don't have to pay tax. So they get to travel all over the world on these 60 million dollar jets. Under the guise of, yeah, I'm just doing God's purpose. Well, you know what? You know, I got to say, uh, they're pretty smart. <laughs> they're, good, they're, highly, they're good business people. Yeah, sure. highly unethical. And I think uh, 
vengeance is mine, said the Lord, will definitely apply there. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I will say this, like there's a lot of there's a lot of these life coach pastors, like they don't they don't preach the actual gospel of the kingdom. They'll just they'll just do like life advice like how do you have a good life on earth? Like how do you get money? Like that's they all they do is preach about is like money, the career, the business. Like that will come, but at the end of the day you gotta pursue the kingdom first. That's a good point. And the way I kind of see it, Chris, too, is you have this foundation and I've told this analogy before where you can build about the foundation as high as you want if you think you know what you're doing. Uh, that's one yeah. way of doing it. Um, and it's a very manual process. But the challenge is, is that when the wind comes, it'll teeter over and fall. That's one way of living life. And that's kind of how I see many people who abandon, um, a, basically, not abandon God, but it's more that they believe in themselves more than they believe in God. You know, they think that they are something, again, believing all their thoughts. That's one way. And then the other way to live is kind of like a tree where you plant these spiritual seeds every day. Like you said, um, praying in the morning, if you're not sure what you're praying for, then just sit there quietly and observe your thoughts. And that's all you do. And what happens is, is you're planting all these deep seeds and all of a sudden these trees over time will begin to grow and become stronger and taller and there'll be fruit that bears from it. It's a pretty good analogy. And then when the wind comes, when trial and tribulation comes, you know, parts of the tree may fall off, but the original um, kind of base of the tree, the, I forgot what it's called, that will still always the be there. Yeah, the roots. Yeah. So it's like the deeper your roots you have and the stronger your foundation is, you know, all the things you get in the world, whether it be money or family, whatever God gives you, it won't be in a stressful approach because you know it's based upon faith, which is something you can always come back to. Yeah, you, you really got to have a strong foundation. There was this, um, not a meme, but a post that I saw on social media. It's like, I think it was like a piece, of, it was like a picture of a carrot. It was a split screen. Yeah. And they're a really big carrot, but it had no foundation. So the carrot, it fell apart. But yeah. there was a, there was another one where it had a really strong foundation. But at the beginning, it wasn't really that big. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of life is really having a firm foundation and building things one day at a time, taking things one day at a time. And eventually you're going to have a firm foundation, a firm, way to grow um i don't know if i don't know if you saw this post from will smith like literally it's just plant one brick perfectly at a time one day at a time i have heard um the story about how he and his brother and his father his father says he's gonna make a wall and they're like you're gonna build it one yeah. brick at a time and yep. it took them the whole summer but they did it and he said don't you ever forget you do it one brick at a time Let's take a quick break here. Um, we'll do one more section. I think we'll talk about some basic, we'll talk about the biblical question and I'll put you, just ask some basic yes, no questions and then we'll finish this up. Does that sound good? Perfect. Awesome. Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to the Doubt Every Thought podcast. The last few minutes with the ever-present, ever-knowing, and ever-calm and peaceful Chris. Chris, thanks for staying online so long. Really appreciate it. Um, Part three. I know JLP has the hot seat, but um, 
for my show, I just have uh, questions for Chris. <laughs> Q for C. Q for C. Not the QAnon, but the questions. Let's see. So I think it was three or four questions I had. The first one is for people who aren't awake or for people who are awake, you know, sons of God who haven't forgiven or who have, you know, who aren't doubting their thoughts, who think they're their thoughts. Really, is there any encouragement or advice you want to give them? Or like, what's your perspective on things? Do you recommend it? Or just really, what would you like to tell people who are beginning to wake up? One key is to love others. The ultimate commandment is to love your neighbor before anything else. So when you love others, you will want to forgive people. And when you forgive people, you have peace. And when you have peace, you have love. When you have love, you don't have hate. And if you have hate, that means you don't love God. So it is very important to forgive. Um, you know, whenever I get into arguments with someone, I would notice, yo, um, when was the last time you talked to your mom? When was the last time you talked to your dad? Like, have you forgiven them? Yep. Like, I, I always want to unlock, like, what happens to their life growing up. And once we can find the root of their anger or whatever is going on in their life, they will find peace. And what I want for everyone is to find peace and find purpose. Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. We're all looking for peace, but we then exchange it for other stuff. Physical pleasure, money, influence, you know, power over somebody else, um, all those things. But if you really go back to the root of it, it just comes to forgiving your parents for making you resent, you know, because you're perfect and you're born into sin. So just chop away that sin and then live your life under the purview of God. It's really, really simple. That's a good answer, man. Let's see. Question number two, alpha or beta, which one do you fall under and why? <laughs> I still get insecure sometimes. Beta. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Stop believing those thoughts, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a work in progress. Of course, not everyone is perfect. But one thing I learned about, you know, betas and alphas is alpha, just, just be the leader of your household. Be the leader of the group around you. Be a good influence to others. Um, stand up for yourself. Have confidence. That's what I think about. That's what I think about what alpha means also. And then, you know, I, I'm still working on, you know, doubting every thought. It, it comes every now and then, but I am in a better place than I was last week. That ultimately is the goal. Be in a better place than you were yesterday. And yeah. I'm doing that. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. And I can attest to that too. Like from where you were when I first met you to now, it's pretty amazing to see the progress and like what you're going to be working on next. You know, the whole podcast, your, your other yeah. passions, your other interests. Like you're actually doing them versus hiding away in your basement, just learning about Q and hoping that Trump will save everybody. You know, it's 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 our job to save ourselves, you know, and yeah. to be the light upon the world. Yeah, even Trump said this, like, you're not supposed to worship government. You're supposed to worship God. So you can't put your life, your emotions into government. Like, sure, like maybe a policy will help every now and then. But at the end of the day, like, you are in charge of your life. I totally agree with that. That's great. So we're working on the alpha, but you're getting there. No worries. Well, there. I think probably about two more we're weeks. Two more weeks, you'll be set. And then let's see. Last question. So JLP every week has a biblical question that he asks us. 
And I thought this week was really interesting. Um, for any reference, there's a church called Bond, Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And its charter is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. And the whole concept there is we go to church on, I think, Sundays. Um, we have the men's forum on the first Thursday of every month. Women's Forum, Third Thursday, Entrepreneurship Academy, Counseling Services. It's it's a great place to go and really wake up. Um, but what I like about JLP, and you've probably seen this too, Chris, the questions he asks aren't like factual questions. They're more about knowing thyself. You know, he's not yeah. asking how many people were the apostles and what type of grain did they use. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> it's more questions that he wants you to think. So, this week's question, it'd be great to hear what you think, Chris. Um, what is it? Let's see. For many are called, but few are chosen. What does that mean? So what do you think, Chris, about that one? Yeah, so I think I've heard that a lot growing up. And what I think is, you know, God has called a lot of people into this world through his revelation. But only a few people will respond to that because they're the ones who are truly hearing once you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you will respond to the call of God. Not many people will do that. Hence, the few were chosen. Yeah. So when, when you do not respond to God's call, you're not, make, you're not making yourself be chosen by God. You're not revealing yourself to be chosen. You're not even putting yourself out there because you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. So... Once you find light, once you get out of darkness, once you forgive your parents, once you get out of that fallen state, like you will have the right discernment in how to hear. And as a result, like you will be one of the chosen people. That's and interesting. Not just the people that weren't chosen by God. That's actually a good way to put it, Chris. He doesn't choose someone and then you come out of the fallen state. It's like, you choose to come out of the fallen state and because you chose that now you're chosen from there to continue because it's like i have a free will to either follow satan or to follow god and, you know trust my thoughts in my head and think i'm god or trust the voiceless voice that's within and the more i begin to trust the voiceless voice the more it does feel like you are being chosen you know you begin to see you begin to discern you know it's like um i think there's a saying that God helps those who help themselves. I think it's something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I've heard that, and it sounds kind of similar to this, where if you're the one continually seeking the kingdom of God, then, of course, he's going he's gonna to provide the same light, but it's like you stop filtering him out, and now you can see more clearly. And because of that, you can move faster. And because you can move faster, you get further ahead. But it's all under the purview of God because you don't really exist anymore because you're really just a son of God. That's a good answer, man. I like it. So we'll see what uh, the great JLP says. But, you know, it's just important to develop your own um, own ability to really discern and know what is right from within. Yeah, um, you know, I'm just, you know, I just live it day by day. And hopefully, you know, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Like what he said, at the end of the day, we're all fellowshipping. We got our own opinions. But, you know, I look forward to sharing my my view on it this Sunday. Yeah. That's going to be great. I can't wait to hear about it from there. But looks like uh, I can hear the transition music out that I'm going to place in over this. So 
Uh, do you have anything else you want to tell anybody, Chris, before we kind of say sayonara for now? Forgive, forgive, forgive. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Well, everybody, this has been, I think, episode number eight with Chris on the Doubt Every Thought podcast. Can't wait to talk to you again. Chris, thanks so much for calling in. It's been wonderful. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. We'll see you again soon.